Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with some wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Podcast. Man Up Podcast number 86. Hard to believe. We're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So take a globe, spin it around. Hopefully, you'll get in the great state of Texas. Southeast corner of that state is Houston. On the southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that's where we are. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, each on our own individual spiritual journey. And this is the No Church Answers Tour. It's an opportunity to talk about a lesson, get some, just some great ideas and insight from some great guys that are just dedicated believers. <clears throat> we are on iTunes. You might have found us on SoundCloud. We're also on Facebook at Man-Up. And according to the professor, because I don't tweet, we're on Twitter as well. So <clears throat> you can find us there and you can uh, send us a, a question and we'll go ahead and we'll answer that uh, <clears throat> at the next podcast. Uh, I'm going to introduce our panel, but before I do, just want to say that one of our regular panelists is not here and that's the <clears throat> that's the judge Mr. Michael Cropper and uh, I just got a message that uh, that he was a little bit under the weather and I figured that it would might have been an injury like something like tennis elbow from going guilty guilty <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> but, <laughs> or reset. <laughs> uh, so, hey, Mike, uh, if you're out there, we hope you get better soon, and we look forward to having you back. So, <clears throat> we have a great panel here, and I'll go ahead and I'll just uh, introduce the fellows. And the reason why we have a panel is because everybody is on an individual journey. And you might identify with one or more of the points of view of the guys here. We talk about stuff that you don't get to talk about in your everyday. So we're glad you're here. And we have, he is a policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler. That's Mr. Steve Titch is here. <clears throat> and absolute great guy. He's in the insurance business, but he's our class deacon. Mr. Kyle Trahan is here. And kind of the class intellectual, and he's a world-class trainer. So if you don't learn anything from him, then you really are not smart. We call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm just kind of a sales guy, kind of a writer, actor. But I'm also the director of the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship, which is a Sunday school class that is men's only, that is here in Sugarland Baptist Church. And what we do is we have a lesson from, and this particular book is from the Connect 360. It's called Correction and Counsel. We're in Lesson 9, which is Tough Love to Stand the Test. And I'm just going to go around the room and have the fellas just 
kind of give uh, their basic overview, and then what we do, we read the lesson and then have further discussion. So, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start out with uh, with Kyle Trahan. Uh, you know, it was an interesting lesson. Um, you know, he meant to go to Corinth, and his plans changed, or he kind of changed them because... Paul. Yeah, right. Paul, thank you for, for throwing that in. Um, you know, changed his plans because he was angry, if I'm remembering my lesson correctly. I did not prep again. Uh, oh, you're going to fit right in, dude. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, bad. <laughs> you know, and, and they took it a little wrong, and he was explaining himself. You know, um, there's a lot of background to it. I, I look right. forward to getting into this one. Excellent. Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, this is actually, when we get to the text, it's, it's kind of a chunky piece of prose uh, because he's <laughs> yeah. making references to people and groups that he doesn't quite specify. Uh, he is um, irritated or angry. Uh, what had happened, and he makes a reference to this in 1 Corinthians, he said he was going to visit uh, the Corinthian church, uh, go up to Macedonia, then come back to Corinth, and then head off to Jerusalem, to Judea. Uh, he was, uh, one of the things he was doing was collecting some funds for problems the church in, in Judea was having. I'm, I'm looking very quickly, I'm looking at kind of a map in my Bible and a map on... on um, on Google Maps, and I'm not going to get too geographic for you. Uh, Paul was Paul was writing uh, from Ephesus, at least First Corinthians, which is on the western coast of Turkey. It's almost due east across the Aegean from Athens. Uh, not that far. You'd probably take a boat. Now, probably his plans to went to good. Corinth itself is about I'm looking about 50 miles west of Athens on an isthmus. There's an isthmus that crosses, it, it separates the Gulf of Corinth and the Aegean. Um, so he's going to, his plan was to come there, go to Corinth, go up to Macedonia, and that's probably where the, the church of the Thessalonians were based. The, 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 the Thessalonians were in Macedonia. Say that three times fast. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then he was supposed to come back. But this meeting he has in Corinth, the first trip apparently, when he comes by, they are still, there is still some arguing and separations and splits over some of the things covered in the first letter. Uh, oh, the, the pagan celebrations, how much do, you know, uh, what do we do? And, and apparently, and, and this is what you, is teased out in this section of the letter, he was confronted, uh, his authority was confronted directly. I say, you know, who are you to say all this? And this may have been from an individual. It may have been the same individual as having the incestuous relationship. We don't know. Again, the prose is a bit sketchy. Uh, but he refers it to a, a trip of sorrows, a visit of sorrows. Uh, and, and this prompts him not to go back through Corinth. But when he, he leaves Macedonia, he goes, uh, I guess like takes a more northern route. He goes, uh, he goes through... Uh, have it, Troyes, and uh, well, and and then uh, been back to Judea that way, I suppose. Um, so 
that's and and he teases out these reasons in this section as to why he did that and and we'll kind of learn as the proverb says it's not a good idea to fly off the handle even in times where you had to travel a few days or a few a week or so between between uh, your your stops. Excellent, professor. Yeah. So is Bill's right. We're on Twitter at man man up spiritual oasis. You'll find us on Twitter. Uh, and I wanted to bring up. So we've been talking about, and I've been talking about on Twitter a lot, the Proverbs challenge. So Proverbs has 31 chapters. There's 30 to 31 days in most months except for February. And so whatever day it is, you go read that day's Proverbs. So today is January 16th, so I read Proverbs 16 today. Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And I read that and I just went, oh wow, it's our lesson. So as Bill mentioned, we're in the Connect 360, and the whole main idea behind this lesson that the author wanted to get across was that a forgiving spirit and honest communication can heal broken relationships. And it's hard to do that when you fly off the handle. So kind of a reminder, check in, see how you're doing in your Proverbs challenge. But at the same time, you know, kind of set up that, hey, it's, it's not about how quickly you can get angry, but how do you have that forgiving spirit to, as Steve said, kind of heal that relationship and move through. So it's going to be a great discussion. Excellent. And this is actually podcast number 87. I, I was mistaken, but once again, I learned from the professor. So we're going to go ahead and... I had to look uh, it up. Oh, you <laughs> Sweet. Okay, the, the, the text is uh, 2 Corinthians, and the first part is 2 Corinthians 1, 12 through 24. For our proud confidence is this, the testimony of our conscience that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we had conducted ourselves in the world and especially towards you. For we write nothing else to you than what you read and understand, and I hope you will understand until the end, just as you also partially did understand us, that we are your reason to be proud, as you are also ours in the day of our Lord Jesus." In this confidence, I intended at first to come to you so that you might twice receive a blessing, that is, to pass your way into Macedonia, and again from Macedonia to come to you, and by you to be helped on my journey to Judea. Therefore, I was not vacillating when I intended to do this, was I? Or what I, what I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh? So that with me there will be yes, yes and no, no at the same time. But as God is faithful, our word to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me, and Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but is yes in him. For as many as are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us in God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. But I call God as witness to my soul that to spare you, I did not come again to Corinth. 
not that we lord it over your faith, but are workers with you for your joy, for in your faith you are standing firm. And now 2 Corinthians 2, 1 through 11. But I determined this for my own sake, that I would not come to you in sorrow again. For if I cause you sorrow, who then makes me glad but the one whom I made sorrowful? This is the very thing I wrote you, so that when I came, I would not have sorrow for those who ought to make me rejoice. Having confidence in you all that my joy would be the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not so that you would be made sorrowful, but that you might know the love which I have especially for you. But if any have caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow, not to me, but in some degree, in order not to say too much to all of you. Sufficient for such a one is this punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, so that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For to this end, also I wrote, so that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things, but one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So, the one thing that strikes me is, as we all said, this is just... It's hard to get at something in this because it's a, it's a clunky bit of piece because it's really Paul trying. Paul, he, I don't think he felt like he had to justify himself, but he was justifying himself. Right. At the same, you know, it's one of those, and so he's basically telling a, he's basically given a biographical journey here. You know, here's where I went, here's where I did, etc., etc., etc. And so I think that's part of what makes it clunky, right. is that it's not structured as a theological treatise like a lot of the other Corinthian letters, that there is a structural thing here going on as we look at it. I think for me, I think Paul is personally hurt. And I think he feels that they have let him down. Uh, he, he thought they were farther along uh, than they were, and it, it, to me, it, it, it it's one of those things. It's it's kind of like uh, being the teacher's pet and and getting a D. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but don't you think that Christ and God feels the same way about us that you just said? Oh, you know? and no question about Man, it. Man, I thought they were further along than this. What kind of stupidity is that? That they go and do that now? They know better. I mean, I feel like that all the time, you know, yeah. for myself. Right. You know. Good point. It, there definitely was some kind of argument, um, and we don't, we don't, we, we know that, that it could have just been a bad trip where they didn't leave on good terms or things were left unresolved. I think the best thing you can say, things were left unresolved. 
And what, what's interesting though, and this is worth discussing, Paul decides not to go back. And it's obvious, well, it, it it's appears because he felt he would be unable to keep a civil tongue in his head if he did. He, 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 he viewed this whole visit as sorrowful, like a bad, you know, a bad visit. We've all had bad visits or, you know, relative, right. or just you, you get out and you're, you're back on the highway and you're just unhappy about the whole thing and you kind of feel bad because you feel unhappy because you really wanted it to go better. Uh, but he seems to be, well, here's, here's my non-church question. You'd think that in character, Paul would go back and seek reconciliation. And he's more or less seeking reconciliation through this letter. Uh, and yeah, we can we discussed about it, you know, not wanting to go and make a bad situation worse. But I, uh, to confess, I find it interesting behavior on his part. Um, and and maybe it's worth throwing out for a bit. He does he chooses not to go back, and that seems very unpaul-like. But he's also still human. Touched by God or seeing God, you know, in a vision or however, you know, we want to put that, you know, aside, he's still human. You know, so he can still harbor anger. He may still look at himself and, you know, at night go, Paul, what are you doing? Let it go, dude. But you can't. I mean, I've recently gone through a bout of that myself, that it was something that I prayed Lord, give me peace with this. Lord, let this go. I'm careful. Lord, let this situation go. <laughs> right. But I also have to go and talk to these people. Please hold my tongue. And I prayed that several times this week. So I mean, I identify with him so well in this, mm-hmm. you know, passage because I was just there, literally praying to hold my tongue, which is what he is doing here, saying if I had stopped into your little town. I, I may not have been able to do so, and that may and be why that would have hurt. That would have hurt everything even worse because then you show a very human side of yourself out in public of your anger. Now Jesus Christ got away with that, mm-hmm. and I think in certain cases he would be justified. But in this mm-hmm. point, he was hurt, and I think he just wasn't able to go in there and show without the discipline side of it. I think you bring something up interesting about Jesus being angry. And I think it's anger, righteous anger at the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. So righteous anger at the money changers at the temple, which is obviously what you're referring to, is there that made a point at that point because he wasn't, everybody's like, well, I don't understand because... Our church does this like in the hallway thing. It's like, yeah, okay, that's totally different because when they set this up in the temple, it was literally where the Gentiles and women were allowed to worship. So it'd be like setting up a bazaar in your sanctuary and having it run during Sunday service. That's a different scenario. So it's a righteous anger at that point. But like you said, I think he's looking at his situation. He's looking at the situation of at Corinth and where they are. And, you know, we, we've talked multiple times over about how I, Corinth would probably be the best example. I, I read somewhere else where somebody described it as San Francisco during the gold boom era. 
I, I didn't think that was too good of a description. I would think of it more as San Francisco now. Or any New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, that's an even New better Orleans. description. Yeah, okay. New Orleans oh, is oh. an even better description. But take the church out of New Orleans. Because <laughs> there is kind of the Catholic influence in right. New Orleans. But I think well, he's looking okay. at it from the perspective of if I go there and let my temper go, how much damage is it going to do to the overall picture? Yeah, and and I new, think and that's where church. he's going. <laughs> yes. I think that he put a lot of thought into this because this really bugged him. And as men and as leaders, some stuff, it's more prudent not to decide is to decide. Mm -hmm. to, to just take it, percolate. How you are going to make, how, how are you going to make this resolution or what you're going to do, how to make it livable? You may not fix it, but how can you deal with this? And I think that's where he got, I mean, all the time that he thought about it, that he described his action. He didn't necessarily offer forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, <laughs> or any of that. You know? He just is, that's he just probably thought about it for quite a while. How am I gonna deal with this? And you know what? I'm just gonna describe why. Why I feel this way and let it fall where it falls. Well, this is communication, though. This is where well, the next it, thing. It's communication one on one. Uh, there are times when it's appropriate to mm -hmm. express anger. There are times when it's wildly inappropriate to express anger. There are times when a measured response is best. Deciding when to do each of those three things is one of the challenges men as leaders have and actually calls men, this is one of those things where true men that rely on God and spiritual issues can really benefit because it helps you have that discernment on when you're supposed to blow it out versus when I'm supposed to, you know, sometimes a soft word. You know, we, we had a disagreement at work the other day and this one other trainer that I've worked with was, oh, look at all this great content we've created. We have 35 pages of this and 30 videos and all this and I'm, and you know, and, and my trainer side is like, Oh my God, this is like it's not about our content. You know, it's, it's about the learning experience, blah, 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 and all that. And all I did was make, I made a very simple content. It's not really about our content. It's about what the learner gets out of our content. And I did it in about that tone and about that volume. That had more impact than if I had blown up. I think one of those things as men and leaders were called to do is what Paul did here. Is he literally... You know, I, I'm thinking like you, Kyle. He, he probably got the letter from them that accused him of, oh my God, Paul, you just don't like us anymore because you didn't come to see us like you promised you said you were. And I'm sure he, and I'm totally sure he wadded the letter up. Papyrus, but he can't wad it. You know, but in our terminology, he probably wadded it up, threw it against the wall, and then started in on, what the heck? I, you know? Right. And but then, then didn't press reply. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, that right, would right. be actually, actually, in yeah. today's world, yes. it would be he put it in, 
and then he did reply all. <laughs> and he sent it right away. <laughs> you know, but he, he had enough to stop and think about it. And if you look at 2.4, when Bill read it, and I'll reread it real quick. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not so that you would be made sorrowful, but that you might know the love which I especially, which I have especially for you. I think he anguished. I agree. And, and, he anguished. And the other thing. part of this, and this is all modern stuff now we hear about. In, oh yeah. In modern, but, <laughs> but he does, he takes ownership of his feelings. Um, right. He he doesn't go, you idiots. Right, you caused don't this. Don't you know? Don't That's you, the part don't that you, the tears, you know, yes. right the blind, out. That was the that was the lost first draft. <laughs> there you go. But he says he's saying this is the way I am not. It's not. This is the way. This is why I feel right now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little he, bummed he, out by that trip. I don't know if I could go back and contain myself. But he basically says I, this is my decision and this is why I'm doing it. Well, he's owning his feelings, mm-hmm. and at the same time, he's owning his decision. Mm-hmm. It's not well. You know, Timothy said we should have, and then of course there was Paul spat with John Mark, so we decided to do this. You know, he, he's hey, this was my decision. I made the decision to change our itinerary, so before, and he owned his feelings. And I think because you know, one of the things we've all seen in offices, I know we've all seen this, and I know our listeners have, is when something goes wrong, the first thing that happens is, you know, in the cube world. Everybody's down their cube, head down, focused in. No one is sticking their head up, right? <laughs> because they don't want to be called out. They, you know, or they're doing that, or they're all composing the email. Said, "Well, I sent it to John, and yes. John didn't forward it on, and then, you know, the it's, game. yeah, no, absolutely." And Paul is owning the entire decision with this letter as he goes through. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And what we're going to do is we're going to take our hard break. This is podcast number 87. See, uh, with the professor, I do learn. So this is Man Up, Man Up Podcast. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is our podcast number 87. I'd like to welcome you here. We are on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud where we archive all of our previous podcasts. And we have a Facebook page at uh, Man-Up and a Twitter feed as well. So 
we're so glad you're here and uh, want to uh, welcome all the men. And we know there's some women out there because we do get some comments from women. So thank you so much for tuning in. We are talking about uh, tough love to stand the test. We're in 2 Corinthians. We This is a uh, uh, Connect 360 uh, study that we're in, Correction and Counsel. And we're talking about Paul in this one. And the thing about it is you think about Paul who wrote most of the New Testament and him getting angry, you just kind of you just kind of wonder if that happens to him, there's no question about it, it happens to me. One thing about it is I think in life and I, I think I've mentioned this previously in a in a podcast when you get angry and you retaliate and I know you men out there, and probably some of you women have this has happened, and you retaliate, and it is a good insult, and you get that person, you feel good for like 10 seconds. But then after that 10 seconds is over, you regret it for as long as you've probably known that person. And typically with believers, that's one of the things. When you feel wronged, hard to swallow it. But when you forgive or give them the benefit of the doubt, you swallow your pride. And that's hard for the first 10, 20, 30 seconds maybe. But then after that, I have no doubt you feel better. It's happened to me many times. And it's just the opposite of if you retaliate. And I think that's one of the things that showed that Paul, he showed such restraint because you got to think about this. He's invested a vast amount of time and resources working with these people. And to, to be hurt like this, I, that's like your child turning against you. Mm-hmm. The the other side of this, and, and because now we're in the second half, it, it's it's worth to talk about is that he, and actually, what he forgives them, right? And and he and we talked about it, he doesn't apologize. Uh, he doesn't really. Uh, I asked the question before, you know, is this unpaul like? But what we, what I'm suddenly beginning to take away of this is that when you forgive somebody, that doesn't mean the situation doesn't change. Now, we, great. That is and, a great point. And, yeah. and, and I think this happens a lot. This is this is the classic male men thing in their, especially in relationships with spouses and girlfriends. Right. You do something. The, the guy does something. You do something as well. You lot. You do something. Even the worst case, you're you're unfaithful. But you Whatever. do something that maybe in some way betrays a trust. There there is an argument. There is a there is a blow up over it. And maybe there is a mutual forgiveness. But I think sometimes the mistake the guy makes is that everything will go back to the way it was. Absolutely not. It goes back to the new normal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we Agreed. don't know what happened. I mean, we don't know if after this point Paul said to Timothy, look, I'm delegating that church to you because uh, I'm a little too close. We don't, we don't know if Paul ever went back to the Corinthians after this. Uh, but we do know the situation has changed. He is not going to visit them, and he feels he can't because 
the best way to say, he's too close to the situation. He's worried that, that he'll do more harm than good. Um, so they may not get to see him again, but he makes he assures them he loves the congregation, he will pray for them. It is not, he is not writing them off, but, and he urges them to forgive each other. I think, but I think that's one of the takeaways here, so I mean, that, that the situation is, is not going to be the way it was where Paul, everybody liked when Paul came, he always had some interesting things to say, we all had a good time. Well, this time we didn't, and he's not sure if that time will ever come back. Well, and, and that has to do with growth also. Mm-hmm. When you're a child, you know, you're, you're handled with kid gloves, but when you're old enough to know better, the, the tough love it comes and it certainly should come because you should know better and and I think that's what Paul is doing uh, to these people they should know better oh he most definitely <laughs> thought that about the Corinthians absolutely because this is the second letter and timing wise we can't figure any other letter out that Paul wrote in that short of a time span back to the same people this was like he wrote letter one telling him all the things that to correct all their quote unquote bad theology. And now here, six months to a year, he we've may kind have of figured out this in, in Macedonia when he decided yeah, he wasn't that this was it. basically dude, really? <laughs> kind of a thing. So he definitely had that thought. So you're thinking that it may be in response to something he got back from them. Mm-hmm. That they may have, <clears throat> so they're intending Oh, okay, well, he's on his way. Well, you know, back in the day, there's no phone call to say, hey, my plans have changed. So he didn't show up. Maybe he sent a messenger, somebody along the way to say, hey, let the priests know there, I'm not coming. And so at that point, whoever he sent, now following behind, meets him in Macedonia or wherever he is, bringing him a letter chewing him out for not coming the first time. Well, now he's already decided I'm not coming to you on my return trip. Right. So just because he uses the past tense in here, mm-hmm. I didn't come, could have been a present tense of I don't plan on mm-hmm. coming. And it's by the time it gets, gets to there, you, a- I will have already mm-hmm. started heading another direction, mm-hmm. so I'm not coming. You know, um, at least that's the way mm-hmm. I can easily see, I can see that. how that happened. I think the big thing about this particular uh, passage, it, it comes down to the, the hardest thing with men. There's a difference between confidence and pride. And being confident and confident in what you do, but, but being prideful uh, is, is totally different. And especially when you're in the religious situation. And, I, and I'll just throw my own personal example out there. Um, I never expected to be a Sunday school teacher. I was in Sunday schools for 40 years before I actually became, I was promoted to teacher. <laughs> but, and you know, after that, I actually thought, Wow, this is awesome. I actually am someone. Until I got ready for my first uh, lesson and then realized nobody might show up. And so I borrowed from my wife a mirror because I was determined 
to give the lesson if anybody was here or not. And, and <laughs> thankfully, Cropper and somebody else showed up. But, but the thing about it was, it was that surge of confidence that actually took me into being prideful because I always put importance on Sunday school and adult Bible fellowship. I love this. I, I love the fact that we take the theology and we we talk about it, we, we, we apply it to our own lives and we dissect it, we talk about it and everybody has a little different point of view and then we go away and come back. This is important to me. It helps me on my faith journey. But then, I, I, like this, I have to realize that, hey, it's not me. It's God. <laughs> and I'm just, the, I'm just the vessel he's working through in this. So you just have to take a step back taking the step back and letting God take control of situations. And in some ways, this this passage exemplifies one of the hardest things we have as men to do. Because we are, especially if we are Western American, I'm going to, Western, South, Southern American men, we are raised with get her done, get, get out her there, done, get right. out there and you know, somebody gets in your way, you plow them over. If they're angry with you, then you blow up back at them. You know, we're raised, we're enculturated to that, to the point. And in some ways, think about the guys you've seen, and one of the most famous bullies in the world in corporate America was Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. <laughs> Jobs. I never say his name right. Joe. Steve, Joe. Steve, the Apple dude. Right. J-O-B-S. Right. You have one. Yeah, one of those. We but, all have them. Right. But but Steve Jobs was notorious. Jobs. <laughs> He's a professor. Yeah. He, the he book of was, Jobs. Jobs. He, was, he was one of the most notorious bullies in American business history. I mean, he was known for walking through Apple's offices at 10 p.m., berating the engineers who were working at 10 a.m. and telling them that their work sucked. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have personally read leadership book after management book after leadership book that exemplifies him on a pedestal. Right. And I'm just like, okay, he had the whole vision thing, but after that it was all crap. <laughs> right. I, it's an interesting thing because I think I, and I'm, that approach works for a very short time. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. Agree. And you've got, and actually, I'll put I'll put the second point on that. What's going on at Facebook? When you've got a core <laughs> of passionate people, and and there's no denial that early Apple was that. Oh yeah, um, most definitely. These are guys who are all they've all bought in. They're all vested. This is something they want to do for you know, not just a job. So mm -hmm. so yeah, and Jobs was like that. They knew that all along. They knew he was gonna be that way. They chose to do business with them with him. They chose to be on his team. Okay, Apple grows. After a few years, you're taking on people who are there. Maybe because they want to be and they like the company, but they're not there to be bullied. They're not. They don't read. They don't respond to that because correct. They, they don't have the stock options. They're not. They're literally and figuratively not as invested. They're not as invested. And and you look you look at Facebook today and how it's literally falling apart. When it was when 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 Zuckerberg was running it in his dorm room, they just were. 
crazy about what they were doing. When it was starting in California, they were crazy about what they were doing and they were making millions of dollars. Now, now you just have, it's, just, it's like any other corporation. You can't manage it like it's an entrepreneurial company. And I think that's where a lot of that goes wrong. And, and mm -hmm. um, it's, it's on, on and the way down. Plus you get older. When, you, when you're 25, I know what, when you're 25, 26, you can work 14, 15, <laughs> 16, 18, 20 hours a day and love it. When you're 40, you got a family to go home. This is no longer my life. Right, and I, and you, it's amazing how many CEOs who should know better, who should know better, don't know that. Right, I work to live. I don't live to work. And you know, it, but the thing about it is, uh, church is even more important than the occupation. I've seen fights in churches between people that were more vicious than the fights that are in the business world. Because there's, you can always quantify, or most of the times you can quantify a business decision or a business argument and then go for whatever's the most expedient or profitable or whatever the company needs at that time. However, church disagreements are totally different. And I remember, because I'm on the tech team, I... I was running the soundboard because I was a DJ and I get in late at night and it's early on the soundboard and I guess maybe my hearing is going, but I always like turning up the sub cabinets when I'm, <laughs> when I'm doing my shows and I had it here at church and the music minister came up to me and started berating me right at the end of service in front of everybody and screaming at me and I told him I go just because you're mad doesn't mean I'm hard of hearing <laughs> you know but it's so much more personal well, it, when it's, it's in it's something like that personal because you when you're in a church sometimes it becomes harder to distance your feelings from the business decision because it is part of our faith. Right. And, you know, kind of, kind of the joke is when two or three are gathered together in a Baptist world, there, sh there shall be formed a committee. Right. <laughs> right. And that committee will not get along. And that committee will recommend something that doesn't go right. And then the other third of the congregation is going to get mad at the end of it. <clears throat> I remember talking to a pastor that I was friends with. And... He was telling me they, they had repaved their parking lot. was not here, by the way. And he decided they decided to put trees in the islands. They had a three-hour meeting trying to decide what trees to put in the island up there. <laughs> and he was like, they're trees. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but but it was someone, it, it does. Right. And so it's one of those, and I think this is where Paul is going with this in the long run, kind of take a rabbit all the way back to is that when we're dealing with faith and communities of faith it is important before we start expressing an angry opinion to do what Kyle said look in the mirror first and kind of what are you talking about to yourself but then bring it back to that it you know what is in the best interest for the entire com faith community at this 
And I think that's where a lot of true churches with true communities of faith, when we can sit back and do that, we can experience that spiritual growth and explosion that all of our faith communities are looking at. And as men, we're called to lead that charge, to be the ones that can look at everybody and say, it's time for us to sit back, take a deep breath, count to ten, before we just blow up, you know, here. And I think that's I think that's the ultimate lesson with this, is when we're looking at these things from an angry perspective, we literally have to think about how is our decision impacting the entire community of faith. One thing that you just said, and I just want to make clear on the podcast to you out there listening, I my, my opinion only, and I'm going to throw it out there, I don't think that it is necessarily bad to think in anger. Oh, no, that I think you get good, good thinking when you do I, that. Absolutely. I think sometimes you'll think and you'll go farther in searching for your solutions when you add emotion to it. I think where we err is when we let the anger out. Yes. You know, I, I, I can... Yeah, inappropriately anger. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the... Because I agree, the, the fastest way... And, and I think my former manager at AIG had kind of figured out that if they really wanted something done, all they had to do to me was come up and say, well, you could never do it that way. Because all that would do is make me mad. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, it's happening now. Right, you're on. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. But, but, and I agree that in a, expressing the anger in your thoughts to come up with your plan and then deciding what the most appropriate way to express that is is where it all ties together. And it, and it's one of those things that true leaders kind of figure out as they look at it. Because they kind of figure out, okay, I've got to channel this anger, and, that, and I think that's a really good word to use. So I have to channel this anger into a constructive place and a constructive way to do it. And, and one thing about it is, and we always talk about forgiveness so much uh, in the church and in the class. But you think about the word reconciliation. Reconciliation is the step, to me, before forgiveness. Reconciliation you can achieve by having dialogue. Forgiveness is something that you as an individual do you forgive that person so before you go down the deep end with this you can go into if you express it with anger before it goes too far you've got the opportunity to reconcile before you have to go to the forgiveness card does does that make it make sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I, I think so. Uh, you've got to... Reconciliation seems to imply more of a dialogue. I, uh, forgiveness may... Um, you know, for, to reconcile the other party, I think in some way has to talk to me. There, there, as you said, there has to be a dialogue. You can perhaps forgive someone 
I think forgiveness starts with an outreach. I mean, you know, you can, uh, that to me is the beginning of a little bit of humility. I was wrong, I should come to you and tell you I'm sorry, or tell you I, um, I forgive you. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the other person, you know, usually if, you know, usually if things work out, you at least achieve a, a meeting of the minds. <laughs> a detente. A detente, yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, you know, sometimes, um, I mean, they're, they're, sometimes it's just, and it is unfortunate, and break-offs are just, I think, a lot of wasted equity. Uh, you know, I've, I, I've been, I've been your, I've been your buddy for 14, 15 years now, but I'm never going to talk to you again. I've been in a family relationship for you since birth, and I'm not going to talk. What? Come on. Right, right. Okay, we, we realize, you know, all right, you're going to vote for Obama. I'm going to vote for Trump. Let's just never talk about it. Right. <laughs> right. And 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 I'm just going to throw out there. The the America itself could use a nice dose of this. Let's mm -hmm. sit down and talk, mm -hmm. and not make it all personal. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the other thing with Paul. I, for Paul, this is personal, but it's not personal. It's personal on a spiritual level, right? But it's not uh, right. personal on a personal level. I I absolutely agree. I think agree with that. that. Well, he's thinking of the church. He's yes. thinking of you know he's 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 thinking of. You know, I don't want to call it a business per se, but he is thinking of the greater picture that of which he and this individual in the Corinth church and even some of the members of the Corinth church are merely players. It's kind of like in the end of Casablanca, the problems of three little people don't amount to a right. in this crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 in, in and yeah, and so I can. I and with us, it <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. Like uh, my mother had a little sign uh, that said, don't sweat the small stuff. And in the end, it's all small stuff, you know, so. That's a good point. <laughs> and we're coming down to the end. Of, this is podcast number 87. And we're so glad that, uh, that you took the time to join us. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook. We have a Twitter feed. Want to go around one more time and get the fellas a summary of this and maybe a couple of takeaways and get to start out with uh, Mr. Kyle. You know, I think for this lesson, it's, <clears throat> well, there's a couple of things. When we have strife, we need to remember to step back and take a moment, whatever that Agree. is. Agree, agree. You know, uh, in today's society, don't hit reply or don't hit send <laughs> right. on that email when you're mad. Write the email. Save That's it as fine. a draft. My now, recommendation is 24 hours. I will also, as soon as I hit reply, I go in and take out the uh, recipient's name so that if I do actually accidentally hit send, it's not going anywhere. Oh, You good know call. who it's going to yeah, go back to. Call. It's going to go to Bob. But strip his name out, and then when you're ready, and you've read it, your wife's read it, your friend's read it, your co-worker's read it, whatever, then go in and put Bob's name back in and send it when you're ready. Good call. Okay? Excellent that call. way you cannot accidentally make a very stupid mistake. All right? Um, you know, in this world, I think we've lost the ability and the art of debate. You just said it a minute ago, Steve. Of you're about the vote, politics. You're going to vote for this person. I'm going to vote for this person. Whatever, whatever it is, we have lost the ability 
to not take it personal from what Robert said, and it gets into a shouting match. So now Thanksgiving comes. Steve, you better not bring up politics because Bill is going to get his back up and he's going to have three drinks and it's going to be an all-out war at this table. So, I mean, politics... I'm, I'm stopping at three. Actually, actually, Bill doesn't really drink, so that's, that's why I picked on him for it. But, you know, there's always an Uncle Bob that is going to have yeah. one drink too many and you start saying, well, blah, blah, blah about this political, religion, whatever. And Uncle Bob's going to get his back up and he's going to start the screaming match because Uncle Bob has forgotten how to debate. Yep. Right. Because debating is all about having differences of opinions right. and learning to respect the other person for their difference of opinion and maybe learn something because maybe they're right or maybe they're stupid and maybe they'll learn something from you. Right. Just because you debate doesn't mean you have to change. Exactly. But it Debate means is an exchange open, of ideas. Absolutely. It's the open exchange of ideas that Absolutely. is so stated. And we have lost the ability to do that. Right. And I think that's in our country where we have really gone wrong is because we don't get together and do it. We do in this room, which is really cool. Right, right. You know, but at home with your family, your friends, the close ones that you see all the time, we don't do it. I think we need to learn how to do it and be able to do it without getting your feelings hurt. Right, right. Professor, takeaways. Um, be able to really express yourself like Kyle said, but more importantly, be able to recognize what, and I'm going to use the phrase, the greater good is in any decisions you're making mm. when you come to confront and talk to people. You know, is confrontation really the right thing at this moment? Or is something else the right thing as I'm thinking through this and looking at it? Because Paul, in, t in, two, in two, let me get the second Corinthians, 1.10, but, but one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. And that was two, chapter 2, verse 10. And that's really what this is all about, is no matter what we're doing, no matter what we are, I'm going to forgive all. Why? For the sake of Christ. And we keep throwing out, and I just want to throw this out there. We've had it for a while. It's really starting to pack out a little bit. So we always talk about Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and the others. Well, you can always find Man Up at www.manupspiritualoasis.com. On there, right, and right. actually on there, if you go in, there's a web part. All the podcasts are listed there. I think the last five. That is awesome. So you can click on each one. There's a Twitter link. Takes you to our Twitter feed. There is a Facebook link to take you to our Facebook page. And scary as it is, you can see what we look like out there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and oh, and you can click on us and you can find out, number one, a little bit about us. So a little bit of our short bio biographies are out there as well as the Man Up story and how Man Up came to be is out there. We're adding some blog items and some other stuff in the near future. There's a link out to Sugarland Baptist Church, our home church, if you want to see what our church is doing, as well as um, a link to Bible Gateway app. I need to get your app out there still. And, you know, we have a bunch of talented guys. Um, you know, obviously, Kyle's great, and great pastoral care guy. Uh, 
the professor here is great. Uh, as a trainer, Steve Titch is a, a, a absolutely outstanding uh, writer. Right, <laughs> a card counter, <laughs> and, and, and I just finished a project called The Path, and and once I get it cleared with the, the fellows here, I'll I'll talk about it more if, if if they'll let me. But I promise not to get mad about it. So uh, anyway, get a, get a summer. <laughs> you're not coming in next week because you're That's right. because this was a podcast of sorrow. <laughs> right, right, Mr. Steve, go ahead and give me your takeaways. Oh, I well, that's 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 basically it. It, it was a it's a uh, really you know keep your head when all about those are losing theirs that kind of thing. I, that, to, to, to quote uh, no, to quote another cliche, but. Uh, really, um, it, it, again, we come back. Take ownership of your feelings. Don't be afraid to say what you uh, feel and say it clearly. And I, I you know, I, I give take a few points off here, Paul, because it is kind of a murky prose. But nonetheless, uh, everybody said it. You, 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 you do a lot better if you take a breath, even if you're angry, and and. You know, and this guy's, you know, don't worry about being dis disrespected or, you know, it, that's not worth it. It's And usually it leads to problems. Right. And my takeaway is be slow to anger but quick to praise. So this has been podcast number 87. We're so glad that uh, you chose to join us. We invite each and every one of you to join a Bible-based church that's local. Why local? So you'll go and you'll contribute. And want you to get involved in a Sunday school adult Bible fellowship. Why? Because you get to go through these lessons and apply it to your own life and make a difference in your life. And like my, my grandpa used to go to church every week and as a kid I asked him, I go, why? Why do you go every week? He goes, because going to church straightens me out. It lasts about seven days. And if you would have known my grandpa, sometimes it even didn't even last seven. So thanks so much. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.